Welcome to Rise and Shine, raw chats with real women in Australian small business. In each candid conversation with a small business owner, we'll explore the messy back end of business with heaps of golden wisdom to help you learn, grow and live your truth. I'm your host, Rachel Green, SEO copywriter and founder of Shine Copy. Let's do it. In this episode, I'm chatting with Nikki O'Brien, podcast coach, ex-radio announcer and soul-led creative. She's a dedicated vegan chocolate lover like me. Welcome to the pod, Nikki. Tell me your business story, Nikki. What brought you to be in small business? To be honest with you, I ever since I was pregnant, I wanted to run my own business. I wanted to have that laptop lifestyle where I could travel and work and not have any cap on my income and have incredible flexibility. And I think it just took me a really long time to work through the mindset blocks and have the bravery and the courage to like step into that, you know? And I, um, the thing that I grappled with the most early on was like, what am I going to do in my business? Like I knew I wanted to work in an online capacity. I knew that I didn't want a bricks and mortar business. And I was just kind of like, I didn't really feel like, you know, everyone was being like a life coach and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really want to go in that direction because I just didn't and still don't have my shit together. (laughs) But I, yeah, I had this deep desire to work for myself and to make my own rules and to kind of learn this online world. And then when I had my my son and we were just talking before, I've been a solo, I've been doing the mama thing solo since he was like five weeks old. And I think when I made that decision, it was almost like, well, you've got to go all in, you know, like I had to yeah, my son's definitely my inspiration for being braver than I've ever been brave before because I just didn't want to be, I didn't want to put him in before and after school care all the time and I wanted to be there for him when, you know, we could do it, we, I can go on excursions with him and his class and I can, I'm there picking him up and dropping him off every single day and, you know, and I just didn't want to have to like report to a boss or say, um, you know, if my little boy was sick or whatever. So I think for me it was the less scary out of the two, even though that sounds wild because it is it is terrifying. <laughs> it is, even when, like, I do have support, like I have my husband and I have close family to help with my children and just help when I need a bit of extra support. It is scary, like, and so I can't imagine for you, like, you get up every day and you're like, yep, I'm going to rock this, and you do rock it, I see you. <laughs> Um, I don't know that I'm like, you know, that I, you definitely, you go through seasons and cycles, right? Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like it's all sunshine and rainbows over here. Cause it's not, it's really fucking hard. And there's a lot of days where I collapse onto my knees in the kitchen and I'm crying. Like, how the hell am I going to do this? Like I, you know, but most of the time, most of the time, there's also deep moments of connection with my son. There's deep moments of gratitude for the life I've created. There's deep moments of, wow, I've really done this and I'm doing this and it's getting better and better and better. And, you know, yeah, I think also because I, I, I dreamed about this work that I'm doing and working online and helping people create, like, I love, I love conversations like this. I love sharing stories like this. It's my it's my why apart from my son. So I don't know, I you know, when it does get tough, I have those moments where I'm like, well, 
you know, it's all worth it. And I think creating a really supportive team around you as well, like more so for me because I don't have a partner. That's been a really, really massive piece for me. I built, you know, I've really intentionally gone out and built a community around me, a community of not just mums but also women in business so that I've got that support when I'm like bawling on the phone. (laughs) You know, how am I going to do this? What's going to happen? Or I'm fed up today or can we just catch up for a coffee because my brain needs to switch off. You know, you've you've got to have those support structures in place, I think. I don't know where I'd be without them, to be honest. Yeah, I know what you mean. Surround yourself with the right people. That's yeah. Um, so you're a podcast coach, right? And you used to be a radio announcer. How did you like yes. make that shift? They were definitely like very clunkily. <laughs> um so in my radio days, like I like yeah. Again, I have that deep-seated love of conversation, right? Like I've always, I remember when I was a little girl, I used to watch, like listen to my mum and all their friends and they'd be having a cup of coffee and cake and listen to their conversation and the things that they would talk about and like I would learn through life that way. And then when I was a teenager, when I, you know, we'd get ready for school and we'd always be listening to breakfast radio and I just loved the banter and the fun and and again learning about life and the way they see the world and the things that they're talking about and so I guess when it kind of kind of came to like what am I going to be when I grow up I was like I just want to be on the radio (laughs) I just want to get paid to talk and have conversations and so I yeah I volunteered at community radio stations and then I landed a gig with Osterio doing commercial radio And then I got my dream job, which was like a breakfast radio gig in Mildura in like country Victoria. And I got there and I fucking hated it. (laughs) It was, it was awful because my co-host was really lazy. He didn't, he would rock up 10 minutes late. I have a really strong work ethic. I love what I do and I always bring passion to what I do. And so it was extremely hard for me to kind of balance his, um, you know, yeah, just his, he didn't want to work. He didn't want to, like, radio is so creative. You've got this, like, incredible platform that you can use to create segments and do all sorts of things. And I, I love working with other people and having that bounce off of, right? Like, that's part of what gives me energy. And so, yeah, he just didn't have that. And then I was away from home. I was single. I wasn't able to make friends really easily, which really surprised me because I'm always such a, like, I'm usually pretty good at making friends. So all those things kind of added up and it it felt like, you know, now I can look back and go, it was all, you know, working out for my good and in my favor. But at the time I felt like all of the odds were stacked against me and it was just not meant to be. So I ended up coming home and quitting radio completely because I'd really lost heart in it. And, you know, as a female in commercial radio, you are expected to report on celebrity gossip and recycle news stories and you really have to kind of fit into a box and my soul doesn't fit into that box, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so all that meant that I, like, lost heart and I I just didn't have my soul and I felt like I was I was um, betraying myself. So came home, did com- a completely different other vocation, ended up doing like nutrition and nat- naturopathy and that sort of stuff. And then from having my son and going through 
the breakdown of that relationship and becoming a new mom, I knew that my superpower was interviewing. Like I loved interviewing, right? It was always celebrities would always say to me when I was doing it in the radio, like, oh my God, you're so refreshing. I love having a conversation with you. Thank you so much. Because they would do like press days, right? Where they're doing one after the other. And so I knew that that was one of my big superpowers and I was healing. I was trying to heal, right? I was trying to fix my brain because I felt completely broken after leaving my son's dad and becoming a new mom with all the things that that entails. So I was like, well, I can't like afford to get all the energy healings and the therapy that I want. So I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> so I started my own podcast so that I had access to some of the greatest minds and the women who'd overcome like huge challenge to figure out how I could do it. If they could do it, I could do it, you know? And I knew if I was feeling this way that there'd be other people that were feeling that way too. So I decided to share it with the world. Anyway, through the process of doing that, it became, um, my podcast became really successful and people started coming to me and asking me, how do I start a podcast, Nikki? <laughs> Can you help me? And so it just kind of really happened in terms of well, one particular um, business friend of mine was like, you need to help me. Uh, you know, she's got a huge um, social enterprise movement that she's created, this beautiful platform. And she was like, you need to help me. And this is what you need to do. And I was like, okay. And so, yeah, then they say the rest is history. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's incredible. <laughs> it's like a true, I guess, reflection of what's true to you. And this is something that I comes up so often in the conversations I have in my podcast about how you know everything kind of falls into place in your life for most people in their business whether when I talk to them now and about how they've also learned like I have that you can't live a life or a business or a truth that's not like clear in your soul and that's not real to you so it's exactly the same for you oh 100% And, you know, I think there's also a huge, you know, now looking back, I can see there was a huge element of trust. Like I said to you at the the top of of our chat, like I always knew I wanted to have an online business. I just didn't know what that was or I didn't have the confidence in my abilities. I didn't know what skills and talents I had that people needed, right? And then you just follow your, you just follow your soul. You follow your guidance. You follow your the natural ebb and flow of your life and then things come to you you know it really did just was born out of you know I'm not saying that it was easy because it's definitely as you know the entrepreneurial journey isn't easy there's so much you have to learn in like technical skills and all that kind of stuff as well as all the mindset stuff that comes up but truly truly I think if you have a deep desire and you just keep moving forward and keep true to yourself then it does happen like it does fall into place you know there's a huge element of trust that I that I feel is like really important you know (laughs) yes I do I know so your business is called quintessential being what's behind the name oh quintessential being I wanted something that encompassed like we, what, did we, what we just talked about, right? The essence of being true to yourself, like quintessential being to me is being the true essence of you. And that looks different for everybody, right? And so I, yeah, that's where it came from really. Like I was kind of, um, I have a beautiful bestie of mine who's like a marketing guru. So before I started my podcast, we kind of got really clear on 
what I wanted it to be, how I wanted to brand it, you know, the values behind what I wanted to bring to the space. And so that's just been a huge anchor. And I just love, you know, a lot of people are like, what does that even mean? But I, to me, it just really speaks to the true essence of being a human, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. It sounds like everything you've done, well, a lot of what you've done in your journey is about instinct. And I think Mm. that does play a huge role in like entrepreneurship as a small business owner. Do you think so too? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And it's really, you know, what's really funny though, I think it's really tricky sometimes in particular seasons to pay attention to your intuition and decipher that from fear or decipher that from shooting yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the that's the work, right? Is to really listen to your intuition, to your soul guidance against all the noise that's going on. Cause a lot of the time your soul guidance feels <laughs> crazy. It feels like, but what? That would that's too easy. Or what you want me to do? What? Like, you know, like I was like. I didn't know what I was creating at the start, but I knew I just needed to have these conversations because that would help me now. And then, you know, I didn't know where it would lead, but it's it's been the best decision I ever made. Yeah. I think sometimes not making quick decisions, like taking your time just to sit on it and just think and just feel, just feel the decision sometimes is what helps you understand is this instinct, is this fear, is this what the world's saying I should do? That's what I've discovered anyway, just... Just slow down a bit and think about it. But other yeah. times you're like, no, nah, is what I'm doing. And you go and do it. You don't even think twice because you just yeah. know in your heart and your gut. Yep, yeah. it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time you can also look at the those instinctual or soul guidance and kind of look at it and go, how's that going to add up to where I want to go? But you don't need to know how it's going to add up. It actually just does. Like, and that's where the trust piece comes in, right? Like you if it feels good and the action is there and that you get this intrinsic motivation to go after what you want and logically you can't figure out how that's going to equal the vision that you have for your life or that you know where you want to be in five years or whatever it is but I would say just just trust that like trust your soul guidance like you're saying go slow go through that process because people are going to come to your circumstances or skills or whatever it is that you need that you can't your logical human brain can't figure out but it's going to all add up to where you're heading just trust that it will (laughs) yes totally I think podcasting is a bit of an untapped marketing avenue for many small business owners oh so much yeah yeah um, can you talk to me a little bit about, I guess, the value of strategically including podcasting as part of your marketing activity? Sure. Um, like I'm an audio learner, so I recognize that not everybody is an audio learner. Like I'm definitely someone who um, I love, like I love conversations. I love talking. I learn from listening to conversations. So I just want to, I just want to put that as like a bit of a caveat because podcasting doesn't suit everybody if you are not someone who you know who loves learning audibly then it might not be for you or your business or if you find it hard to um, have conversations and speak about what you want or what you need or you know then then it might not be for you might be a writer but in terms of audio like babe I'm all in I'm all in on audio I just love it I think we are going to see a huge huge boom in audio, I don't think we've like even touched the surface of where podcasting can go. Private podcasting is coming out. 
I think especially through COVID, we had a lot of video, like, you know, we've been on Zoom calls a lot. We've been doing masterminds. We've been doing video summits. We've been doing like all of those traditional kind of um, marketing activities in business. But now that the world is opening back up and we're getting busier again, I think there's going to be a massive upsurge in the demand for audio, right? Because if you think about the way that you can consume podcasts, private podcasts or, you know, audiobooks, whatever it is, you can do it on demand. You can do it at your leisure while you're doing something else. You don't have to sit and pay attention and be still or in front of a computer. You can be driving your car, exercising, cleaning your house, cooking for your kids. You can be doing any like any multitude of things and consuming at the same time. And so I think, yeah, I just think there's going to be a huge surge in terms of what audio can do for your business. In terms of like marketing, you are the voice in someone's head. (laughs) You are, you can quite quickly, if you are strategic in the way that you do your podcast, you can quite quickly, quickly become someone's trusted best friend because you are talking to them, they can feel you in their voice because they're not using their other senses. They can feel your tone. They can feel your emotion. They can feel your soul. They can feel all of those things to be able to be informed about whether you know your shit, whether you walk your talk, right? And no other medium can do that. You know, words on a page, they can create a, a, they can, you know, you can, you can feel them. But when you can, you're listening to someone's voice, it's a vibrational game, right? And everything is energy. So there's something that is so intimate and special about radio. Like, and I also go, um, I also go back to, sorry, about podcasting. I also go back to like, you know, when radio was first invented and like the family used to gather around and like listen to the voice that coming through the speaker, right? Like there's just something about it that is unlike any other medium on the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get the sense you're on fire about audio. <laughs> oh, I just like, it's just insane. You know, and you can, a lot of people are like, oh, I picture paints us out a thousand words, but you can describe something to someone and you can talk about something and they build it in their imagination, which is 10 times more powerful than any picture you put in front of them. When you are using someone else's brain to create that picture for them, that's a huge connector. That's like hugely, like it's unfathomable how how much more powerful that is versus a picture that you put in front of them that they then interpret. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And Everybody like puts together that picture in their head in their own way and in yeah. a way that makes sense for them and has meaning for them so it's yeah. More powerful. so yeah I totally yeah. hear what you're saying yeah. yeah I think also podcasting is kind of aligned with the way females live their life because mm-hmm. we are doing multiple things at once um, and we're on the go so listening to something while you're doing two or three other things at the same time is you know, a really powerful way I think for female business owners mm-hmm. to others because that's just how we live. <laughs> yeah. And it creates community, right? Like that's who we are. We're social creatures, females. We love, you know, having conversation and getting with friends and like, you know, like that's how we, that's how we operate in the world. 
And so it's a really helpful medium for us to kind of utilize in terms of, because it's easy, you know, I think it's so easy to do it as a business owner. You don't have to put a face on, you don't have to have your lighting right. You don't have to like, you know, you can get in your car and you can record on your Apple iPhone. You can record a podcast episode and release it, you know, or you can have a jump on and have a conversation with someone and release that as an episode. It doesn't have to be hard and complicated and you know it's kind of like I always call it like the lazy girl's guide to marketing <laughs> you can be in your messy bun and in your pjs and it doesn't matter no one can see <laughs> look at us we both have yes. <laughs> love my mum mum <laughs> so do you need to be an expert to start a podcast then oh you- hell no no you just need to the number one thing you need to start a podcast is passion the number one thing you need to start a podcast is, you know, is to have the the innate desire to help other people. It's about the listener. It's not about you and it's not about the person that you're interviewing. It's actually about the listener. What are they going to get from this conversation? How is it going to help them? How is it going to change their life, change their world, fix their problem, give them a solution, give them a tool? As long as you can do that in a conversational way and people can feel your authenticity, then you are going to be successful. Wow. If that's not a reason to start a podcast, then I don't know what else someone needs. Yeah. Well, I just think you don't need like, you know what it's like, babe. There's so many systems and structures and subscriptions that we get sold every single day, right? But how powerful is it for your audience to have a free platform that they get to know like and trust you and build that relationship with you on your terms and on their terms because you get to create it when you want they get to listen to it when they feel like it and they're like coming into your orbit they're coming into your community they're coming into your world right like and you don't have to have you don't have to have a degree in this you don't have to be trained in that you have conversations every single day you talk about the things that you're passionate about you talk about what you know and you share that from the heart it's gonna it's gonna land every time yes totally Mm. and it'll just attract more people who appreciate the way that you think and who I guess are aligned with you and the way you do things and yeah yeah your values essentially um do you think that podcasting is, is about it's about, I guess, it's about creating conversations and then getting people to contribute to the conversation, right? Rather than just putting stuff out there and making it a monologue. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely more about the conversational aspect of it and collaboration. Like that's what I love about um that's what I love about podcasting and business. <laughs> uh so yeah, so it's definitely more about I feel like it's like the, you know, it's the catalyst for creating that relationship, for creating that community. And then, you know, you obviously want to have your nurture, I don't know, nurture sequence is a bit of a like word, but, you know, off the back of that, like, so how can you support them? How do you want to continue the conversation with them after the podcast? How do you, you know, then that's when you have all your other things from business, like whether you've got a low cost membership, those are probably one of the best ways I see to monetize your podcast is having like a, a low cost membership that you that people can buy into because then they get to come into that next step, you know, come into the VIP party kind of, kind yeah. of deal. <laughs> Um, or, but also, you know, I can give you like at least three examples of clients who, who listeners have bought into their like huge one-on-one packages because 
they've consumed you for a while, they've binged on you, they love you, they know you, they feel you, they understand what they're going to get with you. So you are safe for them to invest in big time because they know what they're getting, Mm. you know? Yeah, it's like an an extra level of transparency, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to, rather than jumping on like a million discovery calls or, you know, having huge conversations back and forth in the DMs, they already get a feel for, you know, you know, like a lot of my clients are like, they've they've said to me, it's so good to have a back catalogue of of resources for those clients who are like, on the edge they're ready to jump in but they're not quite sure and they have a conversation in the dms and then she's like go listen to episode 32 and then they're like yep that got it for me and what you think will um help them isn't actually the thing that helped them they usually pick up on like a different pearl of wisdom or a different golden nugget you know it's so funny and that's another thing what i love about podcasting is when you make it conversational rather than this is the blueprint, this is the structure, this is the strategy. When you make it conversational, it actually means that people can take what they need from it at different points. You know, not everyone has to be in the same season. Not everyone has to be at the same point. You know, what, what Alicia takes from it can be different from what Sally takes from it, you know, like they, everyone takes different little golden nuggets from that whole conversation and you've served a lot of different people in that, you know? Yes, I know. I think I got a bit off track there. Sorry. (laughs) It's all good. It's all valuable. And I totally feel that. Like once I listened to a podcast, there was a slow living coach who I Mm. really adore. And he said something about, um, I think it was about making travel possible for her family because she wanted to, to do a big trip and just the affordability and the logistics and making space in their life. And there was one line she said, and it got me sobbing because at that time in my life, I was also grappling with a really, because I have European background and I, my soul wants to be in Holland again with my family and friends. And I was really struggling with how I could get myself there and the guilt if I went by myself and the cost for all the family anyway. What she said, just that one little nugget, as you said, just like spoke to my heart. And then I was like, I will figure this out. Mm-hmm. And then within a few weeks after that, I'd figured it out. And it's like, oh, that podcast, that moment, that line she said, it just unlocked, I don't know, I guess the possibility of me being yeah. able to do that. And this isn't even something like in business, which is mainly why I listen to podcasts. So perfect example of what you're saying. Ah, uh, 100%. That's like, that's exactly it. You know, everyone gets a different aha moment. Yes. And I bet you if you go back and listen to that same episode, you pick up something else that's different, that you, that's serving you right now, you know, like, and that's what I love about it. This stuff is, you know, this stuff isn't, it's it's evergreen and it's got a longer life than like social media posts or Instagram stories or, you know what I mean? Like someone can discover you and then they normally, when they when they come into your world and they listen to an episode and they love what you're about, they'll normally go back and binge on a, on a few of your episodes. Like they'll scroll through your library and have a look and like, oh, and then they're like, then they're really invested in you. Then they're really, you know, like, oh, this chick is awesome. I love it. It's, you don't normally listen to one podcast episode from someone and then don't listen to anything else. Like that, that that's not the way that this medium works. Yeah. It works in keeping people in your orbit, in being bingeable for your audience and then they, you know, and then they come into your communities and they come into your coaching packages and they come into your services, you know? Yeah, it's like a 
um, springboard that they can then jump yeah. off. Reach yeah. Back, reach in other ways. Um, yeah. I think for some people who are maybe hesitant about starting a podcast or thinking, oh, it's not for me, I think what I did when I before I started, which was be a guest on a few other people's podcasts, I think that's a really good way for people to just dip their toe in the water and see what it's like. So mm-hmm. how could someone, what's the best way for someone to pitch to be on a guest on someone's podcast? Yeah. So the best way to pitch to be on a podcast is to listen to one of their episodes. Definitely. I don't, I would, I never, I hate being pitched to if someone hasn't listened to my podcast because you can normally tell. So I always go in with like complete authenticity, you know, ha- listen to one of their podcasts, see what what podcast episode resonates with you. And then what are the lessons that you took from that? Or what's the action that you wanted? Or how did that help you in your life? And then when you pitch to someone, tell them that, hey, I've been following you for a while. I really love XYZ about you. Um, this podcast episode in particular spoke to me because of blah, blah, blah. And then you're kind of giving them a background of like, you know, you're not just getting a VA to send out a whole bunch of pictures. You're actually invested in that person and you also need to convey to the podcast host the value that you can give their audience because, again, it's about the audience. It's not about the podcast host. It's not about you. It's about the value that you can give their audience. So what is, you know, so when you're thinking about pitching, what are the things that you could talk about for 30 minutes with no warning that you know that you are, you know, galvanized in, you've got it down. If someone comes to you and said, Hey, I need you to jump on this podcast. Can you talk about blah, blah, blah for 30 minutes? What are those things? There's normally three of them that people can talk about, right? So make a list of those things and then have a look at the the podcast that you know you don't want someone who's in direct competition with you so I wouldn't go on other another podcast coaches you know podcast like I just wouldn't do that so you need people who are on have the same audience as you but they're not in direct competition so for me it would be like social media managers you know copywriters business coaches those sorts of things where I might particular skill set and knowledge is really helpful for their audience but I'm not in competition with the podcast host because if you go on a podcast where you and the podcast host do the same thing that audience is already invested in that podcast host so there's really not you don't get as much bang for your buck if that makes sense you're kind of wasting your time and energy so um, those are kind of the points that I would look at Make sure that you can convey what what value you're going to give the audience and also that you're going to share their podcast episode. You know, a lot of podcasts, they don't have huge audiences and so they are looking, they're doing interviews to grow their podcast audience. So make sure that you're going to share it. You know, you can even um, pop in some of your like vanity metrics. How big is your email list? How big is your following on Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is? What are the, what are the metrics that matter? What are the podcasts have you ever featured on or articles or publications um if you kind of give them that kind of background then they can that gives you a bit more credibility and you can say hey I can share your stuff with my people you know awesome yeah I think there definitely yes has to be a synergy between Mm. your audience and the podcast host's audience I think another um helpful way is you don't have to necessarily do like a cold call like there are most like there are certainly people in your network you already know whether or not from Instagram or events or whatever who already have podcasts so you can feel more comfortable 
asking someone you already know to be on this. Yes, that's a really good point. I normally say that that's the first step, actually. Do a post, do a story on Instagram or Facebook and just say, hey, guys, I want to be a guest speaker. Do you know, who do you know that has a podcast or who, you know? And there's a lot of Facebook groups now as well that have, that match podcast hosts with um, guests. So they're like a good place to start. Just make sure that you know what your topics are that you can speak on and the value that you can give. Yes. Cool. Those are awesome tips. So hopefully we can encourage people to step out and do something different and be on someone else's podcast before yeah, launching their own. Totally. I think it's like, I just think it's the easiest way to market yourself. Like how easy is it to have a conversation? You know, I think I would pick a podcast chat any day over you know, making a lead or an opt-in or a freebie or or a funnel, like all of those stuff. Like I'm just, I would, I prefer co- connection. I prefer collaboration. I prefer conversation over any of that techie stuff. Like this is, you know, this is just part of being a human. I can have a conversation. This is easy. <laughs> yeah, it's natural. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah. And people get to feel you, you know, again, like coming back to you're going to attract the people that really resonate with you. Whereas I don't think that's as easy, like that's as easily transparent, like kind of what you said or obvious when you're, you know, building an opt-in or doing some Facebook posts or those sorts of things. Like you, you can, you get so much more from someone's personality and so much more of a feel for the person when you're listening to them. Yes, totally. Before we finish up, I want to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. First one, something you did in the early days of your business that you wouldn't do now? Something I did in the early days of my business that I wouldn't do now? Stress. <laughs> um, uh, well, how can I be more specific? Just sweating all the little things, you know. I think that there's so many in the early days you feel like you have to get your email system, you have to get this, you have to get that, you have to get a course platform, you have to get rah, rah, rah. You know, I think if I could go back and tell my little newbie beginner self, I would say you're already overqualified. Stop, stop, just have confidence. Just go after it, babe, like you're fine, you know. I think we doubt ourselves so much at the beginning and think that we need proper like this branding and this website and this that and this that we can get caught caught up in all the shiny things it's okay start on a shoestring you'll get there you've got this yep I totally agree (laughs) um why do we need to show up as ourselves in our brand because that attracts our soul aligned clients you know nobody wants clients who are hard to work with or where the exchange doesn't feel good it needs to feel good for both of you and when you show up as your most authentic self, when you show up completely as you are, you attract people who are attracted to your personality and then and then work is great. Then yes. work feels amazing and you really, you know, you naturally, again, there's that intrinsic motivation. You'll naturally go above and beyond because you've got this amazing connection and then that connection grows. They get to, they spread word of mouth about you. Like it's just because of all the reasons <laughs> when you show up as yourself, it's, it's, it's easy. It's more enjoyable. You, your reputation speaks for you because you've made this awesome connection, like just all, all the reasons. <laughs> yes. Um, next one. What's the most game-changing move you've made in your business? I'm going to like go against the grain a bit here. 
I don't think that business and entrepreneurship is about the big moves that you make. I actually think it's about the small consistent steps, the the showing up, the commitment to yourself and your dream when it's really fucking hard. That's actually the biggest game-changing move is that I continue to be in this on the days that I want to quit, on the days that it feels really tough, on the days where I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, that is my game-changing move is that my determination and resilience and um, commitment to this vision I have is why I'll never stop. Yeah. Boom. That is the best. (laughs) Yes. I think... Yeah, we totally focus on the big stuff sometimes, like too mm. too much. And you're mm. right, it's the slogging, the moments mm. when it is a slog, mm. <laughs> questioning yourself or doubting mm. yourself. That's when you are shifting things, isn't it? Yeah, and I just also like I'm in a rural season of like it's tough at the moment, you know, in terms of like you, we have these seasons of like, oh, everything's amazing and it feels really easy and it's really good and you're growing heaps. And then you hit plateau and plateau is so, no one fucking talks about how hard plateau is when you, you know, when you're not growing as rapidly as you did when you first started your business and, and it's like, and it feels, and you haven't had a holiday in a while and it's like, oh, you know, and like the world's opening back up and all these things. And I think, I think honour the different seasons of your life and trust that it will all be okay and that it's all adding up and that, you know, you've got the support. If you don't have the support, build the support around you. Like what does Brene say? Like Brene Brown, like vulnerability is your biggest is your biggest asset because when you get to, when you go first and you're vulnerable about what's going on then you'll find that someone else is like going through the same thing and you're not alone and I think sometimes we just especially because we are social creatures as women women in business in this online space it feels incredibly alo- like lonely sometimes but you're not you know and that is exactly why I made this podcast for the yeah. connection it is why we're here. Yep. Um, Nikki, where can we go to find you online? You can find me at quintessentialbeing.com. I am Quintessential Being by Nikki on Facebook and Instagram. Um, or you can just search my name, Nikki O'Brien, on, on Facebook and just message my personal account. But yeah, if you've got any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Email me. I'm happy to answer questions in the DMs. I'm happy to um I love helping and sharing about podcasting and all things audio. It's like my jam. I can give you a link to a freebie that really takes you through asking your soul the questions that, you know, before you start your podcast. So I'll give you a link for that so people can just jump into the show notes for it. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you. You are so awesome. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Please leave a review and subscribe so we can spread the love to more brave, business-minded women like you. You can find me online at shinecoffee.com.au.